0: If you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to Matthew chapter 28. We'll be reading verses 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. I want to talk to you about a new mission. A new mission. I want to start off with a parable. You know what a parable is? It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's supposed to put across. A point, maybe you can figure out the point if you listen carefully. It was once a king called a meeting of all his army together, all of his soldiers, and called them for a conference. And he said, "I'm sending you guys on a mission. There's a certain area of my kingdom that has been uh, that has fallen into the hands of rebels. Your mission is to ride in and take that kingdom back." Well, every one of the soldiers kneels before the king. And at first, they're pretty eager to ride into battle, but somewhere along the way, something happens. Some of them stop to rest at villages along the way, and they decide, well, you know what? I just might as well stay here. They trade the dangers of battle for the comforts of home. Others of them end up fighting with each other, wounding one another. Some of them even kill each other because they forget who the real enemies are. Some of them grow weary from the journey and they just say, listen, it's too much. So they turn around and they head back home. So it ends up that there are only a few soldiers that make it to this besieged city. And even though they fight for all their worth, they are outnumbered by the rebels. But they refuse to surrender. And every day when they go out into battle, they pray that maybe reinforcements will come to help them win the war. Now that's only a fairy tale, but it, it is a picture of what's really happening in the world today because you see there really is a king, and his name is Jesus. And he does command an army, an army of all of us who claim Jesus as our king. And he does have a mission for his army, and that is to take back the world for him. My aim, my goal this morning is to remind you of your mission and make sure that you accept it and live it out. That mission is laid out for us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Would you stand with me? In honor of our Lord and his word, let's begin reading in Matthew 28, verse 18, very familiar portion of scripture. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Lord, there's a reason why you haven't taken us to heaven yet. Sometimes we may long to be there. Sometimes we may be in more of a hurry than you are for us to be there. But there is a reason why you've left us here, and that is our mission. You have a mission for us to accomplish, not just as individuals, but as your people. And Lord, so often we forget that mission. We get distracted, we get involved in all the other things going on in our life, and we forget what we're supposed to be doing. We forget where our joy comes from, and that is fulfilling your will for our lives being a part of the mission that you have given us. I pray tonight or this morning that you will remind us of that mission, but you will also stir up a fire within us that will make us want to not uh, not get settled down, but to go into the battle. Lord, help us do that this morning by your word and your spirit, for we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You don't have to have been in church very long to recognize this portion of scripture. We call it the Great Commission. Uh, it's a mission that was given to 11 men. 11 men who watched their king mocked and rejected, arrested, murdered. 11 men who also saw him after he rose out of the, the grave. Now the next logical question is what Next, Jesus, what are you going to do next? Are you going to go back to healing and teaching, preaching? Lord, are you going to finally topple Caesar from his throne? Are you finally going to gather your army together and go to war? The answer is astounding. He says you are the next step. You are the next step. I am passing on the mission to you. And he's not just talking to these 11 men. He's talking to all of us that claim Jesus as our king. That's a mission that's been handed down to you. What is this mission? Well, let me tell you, first of all, this mission, your mission is to serve your king. Your mission is to serve your king. Every soldier in the United States Army begins their service with an oath. I do solemnly swear I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations and uniform code of military justice. So help me, God. To serve in the armed forces means you are submitting yourself to another authority. You are submitting yourself to the President. You are submitting yourself to... To the officers, to serve in the Lord's army means to submit to the authority of the king. All authority, Jesus says, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Everybody look up here for a second. The army has its limits on its authority. Now, I don't know, they don't think they do, but they do. There are some times when the right thing to do is not to obey an order. That's very rare, but there are times when that's true. The authority of Jesus is absolute. It's over all of heaven. It's over all of earth. It covers every area of your life, not just church, not just around daddy and mama, at all times in every place. If you're going to serve your king, it's going to have to be more than words. Serving your king means loving your king. You ask someone, why did you join the army? A lot of times today they would tell you, well, you know i I want to get my education or or I want to uh, I want to have a good retirement. But there was a time when people would say, "You know why I joined because I love my country. I love my country. I want to serve my country. In the ancient world, a warrior does not serve his king out of fear, but out of love. They don't just serve out of duty but from loyalty. I can tell you something. You cannot. You will not serve Jesus unless you love him. You will not. You may claim his name, but unless he has your heart, you will not serve him. Serving your king also means obeying your king. Obedience is not optional. It's crucial. You obey your king without argument. You obey him without question. And you don't just obey him because you fear him. You obey him because you trust him. You are convinced that, that when he gives you an order, he knows what he's doing. Jesus sums up your mission to serve him this way. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Calvin Miller says the issue of every disciple is whether or not he or she shall have a Lord or be one. So first decision you have to make, will you serve the king? Will you serve him because you love him? Will you serve him by obeying him? If you don't get to that step, you won't get any farther in your mission. You've got to start there. But it doesn't end there. Your mission is not only to serve the king. Your mission is to make disciples. An Air Force recruiter is interviewing two twin twin boys. He asked the first one, says, son, what skills can you bring to the Air Force? And the boy says, well, I'm a pilot. Recruiter says, that is exactly what we're looking for. You are in report to duty on Monday morning. Asked the second boy, says, what skills do you bring to the Air Force? The young man says, I chop wood. Son, we don't need wood choppers in the Air Force. What else do you know how to do? I chop wood. You're not listening to me, son. We don't need woodchoppers. Well, you hired my brother. Of course we hired your brother. He's a pilot. He said, so what? I have to chop it before he can pilot. (laughs) Your mission is to be a recruiter. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. The first commandment is go. Now, for some people, many people, That means leaving your home. That may mean going to another city, going to another state, living in another nation. Those are the people that we normally call missionaries. But Jesus isn't just speaking to missionaries. He's saying wherever you go, you put your name in that blank. Wherever you go, make disciples, whether it's at your job, whether it's at your school, whether it's at home, whether it's in the marketplace, wherever you go, you are always on mission. And that mission is making disciples. A disciple is not just a student. A disciple is an apprentice. A disciple is someone who learns not just by hearing, but by seeing and by doing. In this case, what they are learning is how to think and how to speak and how to live like Jesus. I want you to pay close attention here. They don't see Jesus. They see you. They see you. You make disciples not just by showing them Jesus in the Bible. You make disciples by showing them Jesus in you. Paul put it this way to a group of people in 1 Corinthians 11. 1, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Now, please understand, he's not setting himself as somebody perfect. You can read through the New Testament and find out that Paul has his faults and his failures. But even with his faults and failures, he understands that you can lead other people to follow Jesus by how you live. Where are you leading them? If you're going to lead them to follow Jesus, it's going to begin by when they trust Christ as Savior and Lord. That's what Jesus says when he says you're to be baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism does not make you a disciple of Jesus Baptism identifies you as a disciple of Jesus. It's a physical symbol of something that's happened on the inside. Nobody is saved by baptism. We're saved by faith alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And baptism is a way of telling everybody, I trust Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I'm forgiven. I belong to him now. Baptism is not the end. Baptism is only the beginning. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Disciples are not just followers, they're teachers. They're teachers. Your mission is not just to sit there and be taught, your mission is to teach others. To teach them to observe all things that He has commanded you. Now, you might be saying, Preacher, there is no way I can disciple anybody. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have time. Here's what I want you to get if you miss everything else. You already are discipling others. You already are either leading people to Jesus or you're leading them away from Jesus. You already are showing them that Jesus is real or he's not real. You are influencing everybody you come into contact with. You are teaching people and you don't even realize it. You're teaching them in your casual conversations with your spouse or your siblings or your children or grandchildren by how you live. You are showing other people how important it is to know Jesus and follow Jesus by how you know Jesus and how you follow Jesus. You're teaching your kids about whether or not they should obey Jesus by how you obey Jesus. Now, you do all that without thinking, The king says your mission is to do that on purpose. Your mission is to do that wherever you go. Whether it's in your home or at your job, at your school, in the marketplace, go. Go make disciples. Go baptize them. Go teach them. That's your mission. It's not a mission for preachers. It's not just a mission for missionaries. That's your mission. But even that's not the end of your mission. Your mission is to live in his presence. Your king does not just send you out on a mission. Your king rides out with you. He rides out with you because he knows you can't complete this mission alone. That's why he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You need his protection, you need his power, you need his presence. Your mission is to live in his presence. What does it mean to live in his presence? Living in his presence means he's guiding me. I am trusting him to show me which way to go and what to do. I am trusting his wisdom to help me to see what what direction I need to take. Living in his presence means depending on his power. Jesus in John 15, 5 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I want you to say this with me. Without Jesus. Without oh, come on now. <laughs> I know y'all are getting tired, but y'all can do better than that. Try it again. Without Jesus, without Jesus I, can do nothing. I can do nothing. Say it a little more forcefully this time. Without Jesus, without Jesus I can do nothing. <clears throat> Now, some of you don't believe that. say, Brother Mike, how can you know that? Because all you have to do is see how worried and fretful and weak you feel. You don't really believe that. Because the the other side of that coin is with him, you can do whatever he wants you to do. You can do whatever he wants you to do. When you are connected with him, you have all the power, you have all the provision, you have all of the wisdom that you need. You need his strength. Living in his presence also means walking by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. You follow a king you can't see. And engaging in your mission means believing that no matter what you see, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on around you, he is always with you. He is always with you. What kind of difference would it make in your life? What kind of difference would it make in your life if you realized that everywhere you went, Jesus was going? For one thing, it may tell us that we don't need to be going to some places. You know, we don't, Jesus does not have any business in some places. But then, what would it be like for you to live your life, say tomorrow morning when you go to work, to say, you know what, Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. What about in the middle of that uh, crisis, that problem that you're facing. What would it be like to know that Jesus is with you? There's only one way you can do that. You can't trust your feelings. You can't trust your circumstances. You can trust his promise that he is with you. You've got to know that. You're going to complete your mission. You've got to remember that your king doesn't just send you out. He rides out with you. 2,000 years ago, this king speaks to his army, not just these 11 men, but to every one of us who believe in Jesus. And some of us are tempted to forget our mission. We find a nice, comfortable place in life. We settle down. We trade the dangers of battle for the comforts of home. Many Christians forget who the enemy is They end up fighting each other. They forget we're not the enemy. The enemy is out there. Still others have grown weary from the journey. You sing I'll Fly Away because all you're doing is sitting around waiting to go home. Here's something I want you to think about. Richard Bach once said, Here's the test to find whether your mission on earth is finished. If you want to know, have you finished what God gave you to do? The test to find whether your mission on earth is finished. If you're alive, it isn't. If you're alive, it isn't. Your king has called you on a mission. Your king has called you to serve him. Not just out of duty, but out of love. To serve him obediently not just when you're young, but till you die. And even after that, to serve him in heaven. Your mission is to make disciples, to do whatever you can to bring people to faith in Christ, to do whatever you can to lead them to follow Jesus by how you live your life, to teach them to obey his word. Your mission is to live in his presence, to depend on his guidance, to trust in his power, to walk by faith all the days of your life. Now, you have two choices. You can either accept your mission and obey your king, or you can give up your mission and dishonor your king. Your choice is the difference between faith and unbelief. It's the difference between his blessing or his displeasure. It's the difference between a life that matters and a life that's wasted. Have you accepted your mission? Would you bow your heads with me, please?